This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at CosmicPotato.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait, You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. And today we're discussing, wait, you've never seen Grease 2? No one should ever see Grease 2. <laughs> Angelica hates it too, so you're in good company. Oh, good. <laughs> um, so up front, we want to talk about some trigger warnings. Um, one of the teachers, they talk about uh, Mr. Spears. He has, they call it mental exhaustion. He suffered from mental exhaustion the previous year, and now he's back and they just make um, a lot of jokes about how he needs to take medication and he's kind of out of it and not really all together with it. Um, there's also there's also lots of... The movie is basically one big sexual in, innuendo, and so there's a lot of leering and entendres and whatnot. Or even double entendre. Perhaps. Sometimes triple entendre. I don't, Maybe. I'm, I'm not good at math, though, so I'm not sure. Maybe. <laughs> so one of the songs also, this is the next thing. One of the songs also, Let's Do It For Our Country. <laughs> Lewis is basically trying to manipulate Sharon into having sex with him. Yeah, sorry. I guess I shouldn't laugh. But it's a silly it's The a song silly is song so about, ridiculous. Like, taking advantage of someone. It's yeah, there's lots they're, of saluting. They're misunderstanding. Like she's like, I want to gonna, be a benefit. To my, she wants we'll to get fight to that. for her country. Yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. And then lastly, the whole luau at the at the end of the movie is Cringy. basically cultural appropriation. Every caricature of a luau you could think of, except maybe like, I don't think they roasted a pig with an apple in its mouth. Right, I believe they did not do that. There's enough uh, men running around being big pigs. True. So maybe that's why. Well said. Been redundant. So, what three things did you expect from this wonderful musical called Grease Two? So sequel rules. Right. Uh, part two. If it's a horror movie, way more deaths. Uh-huh, right. Uh huh. If it's a cheesy, terrible movie. Much more cheesiness. Okay. That's number one I expected. I, I also, I can't believe I was disappointed in not seeing something in a Grease, in a Grease sequel. But I, get, I wanted to see a John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, like, you know, just quick, you know, something. Like, like a cameo or something? Yeah. A cameo might not be the right, like a, uh, oh, we didn't expect to see you when they're like coming by, you know. Well, Frenchie was in it. Right, but I, you know, I expected mm-hmm. the leads to show up. I think I, I didn't really know how to look this up. I think that when the when the fellas are at their the lockers, the shrine. Oh right. To the a piece of American history. Right. Home, home, home. Oh yes. Um, I believe the there's a they open a the the kid open the the English kid is he English? Yeah. He opens the one. Uh, door and there's a license plate in there. I'm uh-huh. pretty sure that's John Travolta's Grease Lightning license plate. Oh, I never even noticed that. I meant to look it up, but I'm like, they wouldn't just put a random license plate in there. I bet that's Grease Lightning. 
That's a really good point. I never even thought of that. See, I was jonesing for John Travolta. I only got his license plate, I think. Uh, and thirdly, I expected to really want to shut it off. <laughs> and I did. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, obviously, you did not expect to like it. Did you even Did you even give it two stars, or did it start out at one? I gave it one point... <laughs> Sorry, I gave it point two five stars. <laughs> we talked about not giving zero stars and not giving negative stars. You didn't say anything about a fraction of a star. It's true. And we have given other movies like, like 3.5 and 2.5. Point two five. And that under <laughs> protest, do I give it anything? Um, so what was your one sentence TV guide summary? Okay, I'm a little proud. I'm kind of proud of this. I'm not going to okay, lie to you. I'm okay. kind of proud of this. High schoolers once again rock and roll through teenage interpersonal conflicts until the communists roll tanks up to Rydell High School to really rock the kids. Oh my god. Get it? The communists roll their tanks and rock the kids. Oh my god. <laughs> That's terrible. And there was there was the first one of the first things they did, I laughed I laughed like 2 minutes in. Because one of the first lines in the movie mentions the Russians and the possibility of them attacking. So, um, do you want to hear what IMDb had to say? Yes, I do. Okay. (laughs) So, Grease 2 is from 1982. And it's uh, rated PG, if you can believe it. That's weird. It's a comedy drama musical, and it says an English student at a 1960s American high school has to prove himself to the leader of a girls' gang whose members can only date greasers. That old, that old story. Right. So, um, how did things meet your expectations? You had very low expectations, so I'm curious if it met your very low expectations. We're down to... Point one two five. <laughs> um, but here's the thing: it started off good. It started off fine. Uh huh. You know, I thought, okay, this movie has finally figured out what it is. It's going to be cheesy and cheeky and kitschy. And there were times in the first half that I found it funny and enjoyable. They hit that um, where the first grease, like they started off with, like, why is the greaser on a beach? With oh, right. Olivia Newton-John's character is like, he's this... I'm like, I don't understand why why it has to be set like that. Why can't we have them doing greasery thing? I don't know. It just... I felt like the first Grease movie didn't really know what it was trying to be, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, because I, I had written down one of your complaints for the first Grease movie was that... Like, the opening credits were, like, a Bee Gees song from the 70s. And no, it's supposed to be set in the late 50s. And this one started out much more in keeping... Like, it's supposed to be early 60s, 61, I think. And um, the opening credit song was much more of that era. Yeah, in than. keeping with the still early-ish rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I think a conscious. It looked like a conscious effort was to let this movie be silly, and then the wheels fell off. 
<laughs> when did you suspect the wheels fell off? The wheels fell off grease lightning, if you will. There was no huh? grease lightning. Huh? I know there was no grease lightning, but the wheels fell off. Uh-huh. So the the tone just was gone. The the goofy tone was completely gone. And there were those heart, not just one, a couple of those heartfelt, sappy, overwrought songs of longing. And there was an awkward drama thing that was happening. Okay. There was a couple of those songs near the end, begin, um, I guess like the middle near the end, where they were even like recorded like badly. It sounded like the, uh, the female lead. It sounded Michelle like, Pfeiffer, Stephanie Zanoni. Thank you. Michelle Pfeiffer, it sounded like she was singing down a hallway and the microphone was on the opposite end or yes. something. It sounded like very lots and lots of reverb. And everything that Maxwell Caulfield like there's a couple of songs if we hadn't if we hadn't been watching it specifically for this show, I would have fast forwarded through the songs because basically anything Maxwell Caulfield, the main guy, um, Michael, he's just so emo like that charade song where he's like wandering through the cafeteria i'm just like sir i need you to get over yourself and just stop so what we have as a result is awkward drama that starts pouring in from all sides like flood water until the viewer is now drowning in bad writing (laughs) oh man so there are movies that are bad good and there are movies that are so cheesy that they're they're good, but this is just bad cheese. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I would like for you to get all of your angry talking points out before I tell you why I love this movie, despite its many, many flaws. Well, I mean, I I think you know, maybe you expected me to start yelling. And swearing at a, a certain little. point. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's the, uh, it has, I don't know how this happened. I just have a couple more notes. <laughs> I don't know how, I'm not sure how this is, but it got only a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't understand how it's in double digits, let wow. alone in the 30s. <laughs> wow. Also, the to its credit, now see, I'm going to say something, I'm going to say something even kind of good. Mm-hmm. As far as a... Uh, as far as the sequel is concerned, there was a satisfying. Uh, they were able to satisfy, um, I think, viewers and fans. I was one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, by what you want is like the feeling of the first one, but don't just tell me the exact same story. Right. And so what they did was they kind of switched the lead roles. The male is trying to get into the gang, not the female, like in the first one. Mm-hmm. They kind of snuck up on me. I'm like, oh, I see. So okay, wait. I guess I'm I'm sa- what I'm saying is confusing, and I understand that because it is kind of the same story retold, but just mm-hmm. in a different way. Mm-hmm. Well, part of what I love about this movie so much yes. is that it does turn that male female dynamic sort of on its head, where it is yet now we're looking more at the pink ladies and. Um, the leader of the gang is not really interested in being with anybody. Um, but so like the pink ladies have their code and they say at one point 
the code says we're T-bird chicks, at least until grad. Mm-hmm. And Stephanie at that point says, well, maybe I'm tired of being someone's chick. Ooh. And I was like, watching this growing up, like, wow, girls can say that? Like, you can be, wow. like... Your role <sighs> isn't defined by who you're with. Right. When, uh, when, in my general experience, women growing up, when they're girls, are not, they're not really taught how to say no. And if they are, it's always taught to be done politely mm. and as nicely as possible. Mm. Um, so just flat out saying, um, yeah, well, maybe I'm tired of being someone's chick was like kind of eye opening for me, I guess. Light bulb moment for you. Right. Or um, when Johnny Nagarelli is like, after they, after they go bowling, during which they sing they're going to score tonight, ostensibly <laughs> about bowling, but really it's about sex. What? And really? we all know it's about sex. <laughs> um, Johnny says he needs a trophy for... Oh, right. For best, uh, for best score or something like that, and so he kisses Paulette. P.S. Did you? You probably don't recognize who was Paulette. She is a uh, Judy Garland's lesser known daughter. Lorna really? Luft. Yes. That name sounds familiar, but I didn't realize she had more than one kid. Yeah, Lorna wow. Luft. Um. Who is still with us? Yep, she's sixty-six years old. And um, so after he kisses her, he's like, well, that was for best score. What about best average? Or There's another one. And she tells him, I'm not anyone's trophy. I kiss who I want, when I want. So like this whole dynamic of, you know, her just um, really all the women too, because at the end, you know, Johnny's decided he wants to be with Paulette. Paulette's like, that's cool. But when she's dressed in her skimpy, it wasn't that skimpy, like her um, bustier for the talent show. And it's basically she's just wearing all white strapless. You know, it kind of looks like what the the Playboy bunnies wore um, at the Playboy Club in the yeah. 60s or 70s. It's sort of minus the tail and the ears. But right. he's like, um, you can't go out there like that. Um <laughs> And put on uh, snowshoes and a scarf and be winter because she's supposed to be summer. That's why she's not wearing a oh, whole right, lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And she proceeds to push him down. Like, she's like, You can't tell me what to do. And I am tired of being, like, just tells him the hell off and then pushes him out and embarrasses him in front of everyone because she pushes him onto the stage. So it's just like, Yeah, there's still this. The guys are still going to try to, like, chase the girls around. That's I expect that from a Grease sequel. But right. the fact that they're, the, the women aren't having a lot of it, like Sharon in the bomb shelter where she's like, nope, we're not having sex. That, to me, was very, very eye-opening, I guess. Yeah. Also that they had a whole song. This is why I love... That reproduction song so reproduction. much. Reproduction. Um, my mom always made us fast forward through that song <laughs> when we were growing up. 
And so the first time I watched it as an adult, when I didn't have to fast forward through it, um, I realized what it was about. And, like, this is kind of a, like, I guess compared to the first movie at the beginning where um, the girls and the boys are singing separately in separate areas of the school. Right. Where Sandy's like, oh, he was so romantic. And Danny was like, yeah, we made out. And, like, a very different perspective of what boys and girls say about their respective relationships Mm -hmm. but this was like in the same classroom specifically talking about sex education and like the men and the women are um i mean they're singing so they're not really having a conversation but they're sort of talking about their conflicting perspectives during the song yeah like uh there's one part where the girls pretend to be like they have like we're gonna sing like the boys and they're like baby give it to me now (laughs) and then like the guys act like the girls and like is that all you think about so they're talking about the expectations each one has of the other but still kind of in a fun ridiculous way i guess Mm -hmm. so oh yeah i forgot this other thing one more thing, I promise, and then we can move on. Okay. So there's one scene in the bowling alley where the the other T-birds are asking Johnny, you know, what's up with you and Paulette? And he says, I'm giving, ther- I'm giving her therapy for her disease. And they say, what disease is that? Nymphomania. <laughs> can you imagine the look on my mother's face when we ask her what nymphomania was? <laughs> yeah. Did she say, oh, it's a complicated condition that's yeah. dangerous? Well, or, she was uh, like, oh, it's it's something grown-ups get or something like get. that. I don't know. Oh, I learned pretty early on never to ask any questions. Like, if it seemed like it might be something sort of... Imbe- like, you could tell from your parents' like body language or, like, stuffiness or let's fast-forward through right. this. I'm like, okay, I'm not, not going to ask, not going to ask... Well, I think for me, it was a lot of... Because this this movie uses a lot of big words. Like, even in the songs, you said something at the very beginning where it was like, oh, they even worked matriculate into the song. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I looked up what matriculate meant when I was little. <laughs> right. But... Um, Which is like graduate or something, right? Right, yeah. yeah. So to me, it was more like, oh, I want to know, not like ooh, this is something she doesn't want to talk about. It's like, yeah. here's a word I don't understand, so I need her to provide me the definition. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bechdel test. Are you ready for the Bechdel test? I'm uh, Off the top of my head, I'm thinking it failed. It passed. It nice. passed very early in the movie. Um, the first one passed too, didn't it? Even though there was lots of... There was lots of talking about boys, but not... Um, but not all talking about boys, which is true for both movies. But one of the, um, I think when we very first see uh, the pink ladies on screen, one of them, I think Sharon says she's late again talking about Stephanie because she's the gang leader. Mm -hmm. And um, Rhonda says, personally, I think that shows terrible leadership qualities. So they're, 
at that point they're not named because it's the very we don't know anybody's name at that point. Uh, right. But they're part of the gang. We later later learn their names, um, and they talk to each other about Stephanie. So there are a lot of other times where they where it passes, but I mean it's like practically the first interaction we see between women. You know, I'm so bad at names in any situation, particularly movies when like. People aren't. People don't introduce themselves in movies to each other. Like, hey, I'm Randy. Hey, I'm Jill. Okay, uh, let's go meet John. <laughs> but if I ever wrote a movie, it would be like everyone would hate it because the first five minutes would be like, well, John, John, we got to get in this car here, John. I'm <laughs> so everyone would remember who's who. <laughs> I'm listening to an audiobook at work right now that has. Eight main characters, four couples. Oh, I since it's an audiobook, I can't <laughs> flip back and forth to remind myself. So, like, who's who and who's married to who and who's having an affair with who and whatnot. You don't have what kind of app do you? Anyway, some some of the apps will let you do that, but go ahead. Well, I, I want to keep listening. I don't want to have to jump back to the second chapter every time I need to remember. Can't you bookmark and then go back? On an audiobook? Yeah. I don't know. My anyway, my app. Sorry, this is terrible pod. But yeah, you can in mine you can make a bookmark and then go back like five minutes or whatever and then just go to the bookmarks and go bloop, let me go right back to where I was. So what I did was I wrote it down. I wrote down like this person is married to this person, this person is married to this person, and then I draw a line <laughs> to who's having an affair. With you. So I don't really remember the characters that well either. Like I, this is a book I've been re, uh, been listening to for like four hours, and I think I'm just now knowing who is who. Audiobooks are supposed to be less work. Most of the time I don't, but this is like for adult couples. Most of the time, the books that I read have like three or four like main characters. Yeah. So this is more challenging than usual. Wow. Um, we already talked a little bit about disability portrayal with Mr. Spears, and yes. they really could have done a better job with that, I think, but what are you going to do in 1982? That rhymed. It did. <laughs> so, are there any pop culture references you now understand? So, pop culture references, no, not exactly. I do have... A very distinct memory. I thought my mother, when we did the original Grease uh, podcast, mm-hmm. I said, "Oh, my mother showed this to me," and I was bored right away. And the one image, the one moment that stuck in my mind was when the kid was smoking a cigarette in the middle of the hallway, and a teacher came up and he like moved the cigarette so it was uh-huh. inside his mouth, and he's like, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm," uh-huh. with a mouthful of smoke and a, and a lit cigarette, right? I thought that was the first Grease movie, but it wasn't. Mm-mm. It was obviously the the second one. So when we went through that whole movie, and I'm like, did I make that up? No. Why? Yeah. Why is no one doing that with the cigarette? And then the guy hits his back and he swallows the cigarette. It's right. so gross. <laughs> I don't understand how, and just that that flippant like attitude towards the rules, like. You can't just be a high school student. I wouldn't even think in 1961 and just smoke a... Walking down the hall smoking a cigarette, people are going to notice. 
Let me tell you a little story Uh-oh. about a small town high school that I may or may not have gone to. Which will remain nameless. Where Let's um, call it Winsock, Texas High. <laughs> I think there might actually be a place called Winsock, Texas. Really? Maybe. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so we um, everybody was required to take at least a year of Spanish. Okay. And the sophomore Spanish teacher was notorious for her inability to pay attention to anything. I don't know if she had, like, maybe a hearing issue or if she just kind of zoned out. She didn't really seem to be present in the classroom at all times. Okay. So one time, now this was, I was a freshman at this time, and so this is the story as I heard it. So sophomores may have been taking me for a ride. I don't know. Got it. Gotcha. So, um... The uh, the resident pothead of the of the sophomore class did not actually um, smoke pot in her class, but he decided he had a bag of Cheetos and he was gonna light one of those bad boys up a and Cheeto? Si- a Cheeto and see Ugh, if he could smoke it in her class without her noticing, and she did not even notice. That's just burning food at yes. that point. And she didn't notice. Yeah, so wow. I I would believe there's that much flaunting of the of the rules that Wow. Although a lot of times I get well, at least in the movies, people go smoke in their bathrooms. Uh, right. right the high school I went to. There were the 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 bathroom was just permanently smelled like sm- like cigarette smoke just all the time. So, how would the movie be different with today's technology? Well, I was thinking about this, and again, this is this kind of this movie falls under our rules, or at least my rule of well, it's a period movie, so it's about that moment in time, so we can't really give them technology. But if we were to do, um, so there was a what they were doing was in 1982 was trying to tell us what life was like in. 1961. 1961. So if we did that now, you know, with how we know the Soviet Union is not, was not really a problem. There there was never this war that everyone was expecting. So now the movie might be, might be, you know, very different. Um, it could be about uh, the nostalgia of people really connecting. Like if a, if you were to show like, a 16-year-old what life was like in 1961 when no one had phones and uh-huh. no one everyone needed to figure out another way to communicate and one-on-one time was actually like used to experience each other like one-on-one instead of everybody on their phones all the time mm-hmm. I thought of because we kind of talked about this with the first Grease episode where Rizzo thought she might be pregnant right. and that she would have access to birth control and pregnancy tests and that kind of thing. So in the reproduction song, there's a one line where Johnny says he's trying um, – the teacher says you have to use some kind of – you can control the number of your offspring if you use protection. Right. And so the – the girls are singing about um, can't the boys just use some protection? 
And then Johnny says, um, can a girl just do that thing in the book where she counts up the days of her mental stration? That's what he calls it. He called it, men- I didn't catch that, mental stration. Right. <laughs> so there's an app for that now. So there would wow, there would yeah. be no need for a book. You could track, I mean, some people probably still use a book. Oh, yeah, where you say, where you put in your, yeah. I mean, it's still... People should always practice safe sex and use condoms and talk about their history I mean, and isn't whatnot. Isn't that the rhythm method, which is not yes, great. which is not, not great protection. reliable, especially if your periods are not predictable and whatnot. Yeah, which also leads me to um, depending on which high school it is in which state at what time frame yeah. would sex education even be a thing? I mean, we're That's abstinence true. only states probably wouldn't even have had a mention of being able to control your offspring yeah, by using true. protection. And th- So Rydell High School in this movie is in California. I believe so. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, California. I know Texas. I don't remember exactly when they went to abstinence only but i remember it was like a an election sort of issue where people people decided to do that you know what people get when they use the rhythm method a choir a baby (laughs) (laughs) anyway oh man so yes this movie is not that great but I love it for a very specific set of reasons. Now, I, and what? I fast forward through the terrible music, which usually involves Maxwell Caulfield. <laughs> Who's that guy? Uh, what What was your least offensive song? In the, like, which one did you enjoy the most, even if it wasn't that great? Well, I mean, off the top, man, reproduction was thoroughly <laughs> enjoyable and funny and cute and... Even the da- the dancing, the dudes dancing, they were all like thrusting and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous and silly. Um, and that, well, it was obviously problematic. But the do it, let's <laughs> do it for our country. Let's oh let's my do god, it for our countries. Yeah. How well, was there a nurse's outfit in the bomb shelter? You got to prepare for all like for all get, contingencies. You're gonna get bored. <laughs> Gonna get bored. We gotta dress up like different stuff. Oh I'll be my like, god! Oh, nurse! Thank goodness you're here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, okay. So, anything else to discuss about I, this movie you hated? That well, see, that that's just the point. Like the, the the. I think the last thing I'll say is there were times where it was enjoyable, but like, that's. The second half of the movie was like a black hole. It really where was. Everything else was just sucked into it, and I hated everything. Okay. Not, I will now, never make you watch it again, but, but I will watch thing. it again. Sorry, I do need to say the feminist ideals in the movie, notwithstanding, like you have a you have a point. That is a message that that young women need to need to hear. I agree. So I will allow it. <laughs> Maybe I'm tired of being. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I set you up for that. 
You can find us on iTunes and Stitcher and also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotato.com. Rough transcripts and links to what we talked about are available on our website at WaitYou'veNeverSeen.com or on Facebook and Twitter under WaitYNS and you can also email us at WaitYou'veNeverSeen at gmail.com. Leave us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for terrible movies we should watch. That's How our, dare you? That's our show for today. Next time we'll be watching Aliens. Aliens. Thanks for listening. Why don't we just start at the beginning? Page one. Open your book. Where do babies come from? If you need me, I'll be right over here. Uh, we need this to, for the exam. The parts of a flower are so constructed that very, very often the wind will cause pollination. If not, then a bee or any other nectar-gathering creature can create the same situation. Yes, anything that gets the pollen to the pistols right on the list. I'll try to make it crystal clear. A flower's insatiable passion turns its life into a circus of debauchery. Now you see just how the stamen gets its lusty dust onto the stigma. And why this frenzied chlorophyllous orgy starchy spring is no enigma. We call this quest for satisfaction a what class? A photoperiodic reaction! Oh, that's good. Oh, that's very good. Hey, I'm lost. Where are we? Chapter 2. Page 5. Reproduction. Reproduction. Put your pollen tube to work. Reproduction. Reproduction. Make my stamen go berserk. Reproduction. I don't think they even know what a pistol is. I got your pistol right here. Where goes the pollen? Back here. What did you get here, Steve? Next chapter. Now, in an abstract way, the same thing applies to the reproductive organs of the more complex life forms. But we are now dealing with sexual response. Are there any questions before we begin reading? Is it possible the female member of some sex on a couch could, like, get this guy all hot and she never even knew it? Negative. When a warm-blooded mammal in a tight little sweater starts pulling that stuff, She's saying that she wants to do it. Oh, yeah. Prove it by me. Cause they change the tune when you got them in the backseat. With his heart beating fast. They make it sound like a track being gross. Yeah, then all they can do is say, no, 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 no. Please be seated. Yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> the 
capable of consciously controlling its number of offspring. Now, are there any comments on that? Yeah, I was wondering if you could tell me where she lives. Yeah, and what is this? Mr. Stewart, is it true that guys like you, you know, mature and all, carry some protection with them for sexual occasion? Oh, What's God. the big deal? Can a girl just do that thing in a book where she adds up the days of her, uh, what do you call it, the menstruation? Oh, that's <laughs> really me. Yeah, and one of the guys said the numbers don't add up right, huh? Yeah! Yeah! yeah.